You're nothing but murdering pirates. Pirates? <laughs> pirates. Oh, Jim. If that's what you're thinking, you're dead wrong. When I was just a lad, looking for my true vocation, my father said, now son, this choice deserves deliberation. Though you could be a doctor, or perhaps a financier, my boy, why not consider a more challenging career? Hey, ho, ho, you'll cruise the foreign shores. <laughs> See you, lads. Your mind Show him you've been practicing. Out of doors. True friendship and adventure are what we can't live without. And when you're a professional pirate, that's what the job's about. Upstage, lads. This is my Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 89 of Egg Zone. <laughs> I am yeah. Daniel. I'm Thomas. <laughs> and today we are discussing Muppet Treasure Island from 1996. We are continuing our coverage of the Henson-related Muppet movies. We are not going to be covering the ones that are not related to the Henson family because we need a limitation. There are too many of these movies. We need to stop somewhere. <laughs> And joining <laughs> us for this discussion is Trunk Mules, co-host of the Horror Throwdown podcast. Welcome Buddy Trunks. Woo-woo. Glad to be here. All right. Yeah, welcome back. Um, before we get into our discussion, Thomas, will you read for us the synopsis of Muppet Treasure Island? Absolutely. Muppet Treasure Island, 1996, rated G. It's directed by Brian Henson. And the synopsis of this is the Muppets twist on the classic tale, which I think not, might be the, sh yeah. the shortest synopsis I've ever read. Not in my descriptive life. at all. I, it's like seven words. I mean, to be fair, the title tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah, there's sure. an island. There's treasure. There's Muppets. Um, so Trunks, you are our guest. First off, why did you want to do uh, an episode on Muppet Treasure Island? And like, what does this movie mean to you? I so. This, I think, was probably the first Muppet movie I ever saw. Um, okay. And uh, just for years was my absolute favorite Muppet movie. I think there was a little while where I might have been saying, like, Muppets in Space was my favorite. Uh, and it wasn't for years after that that I finally went and actually, like, watched the original Muppet movie, watched, like, the Muppet show and all that. And I'm like, okay, now I actually know what what it means to like the Muppets. Um, yeah, but this one also just, I don't know. I, I was thinking about that today because, um, I was like, why, why do I know every other line of this movie? And wow. it, okay. it really is like this and like George of the jungle, which came out right about the same time. <laughs> I, I can tell are some of my earliest, like movie based, like obsessive, like fan movies Did you like wear out the vhs tapes i must have like <laughs> i it was the kind of one where it's like you you turn the tv off and as it like flickers away you could still see the outline of gonzo's face for some reason just <laughs> burnt into the screen memorize all the songs and all of the the sea shanties yeah <laughs> i that was what was funny to me watching it this time because it's like i didn't remember that i remembered things from this and then like 
they would just start saying a line or a song would start and i'm like oh my god i can be like word for word going along with this so yeah how does it hold up as an adult i mean i was uh really still on board with it um there was a lot more this time through i was kind of like there was jokes i either hadn't noticed ever before or just didn't understand before and there was like weird little things throughout where i was kind of like okay the 90s of this is really showing Hmm. yeah this is an interesting one because like this is i feel like it's right at the edge of like where jokes and just like kind of comedy in general are kind of like about to make a major shift and this is like this is 1996 and so this is like three years before like the matrix and family guy and like kind of a, a lot of like a lot of the cultural kind of things start to like really shift and get a little bit more like abrasive and like i don't know a little more in your face and aggressive like the 2000s were but um but yeah, was that all? I didn't want to cut you off there, but um, Daniel, I, I want to know what like what your connection was to Muppet Treasure Island of, of any of these. Like, is this like a childhood favorite, or was it something brand new? I yeah, I hadn't seen this until now, and uh, so I don't know if it's because we've already watched a few of these Muppet movies. I don't know if it's just you know this is just the way I perceive this one, but. I think this one, it didn't really hit me at all. Um, I feel like Treasure Island, it might just be a less interesting story than A Christmas Carol. Um, I feel like this one, I'm really not getting what makes each of these Muppet characters special. Um, you know, at some point we get the Swedish chef showing up and they make a joke about <laughs> like, how, how, how else were we going to fit him in here? And it's like... They're relying on you having uh, history with this character. And, yeah, like, the special characteristics, the personalities of these individual characters isn't really shining through, I feel like, too much. Like, they give Kermit the captain role, and, you know, he's a good captain. Uh, but captain. <laughs> but, like, I'm not really getting what makes Kermit Kermit, and, like, why is it special that it's Kermit? I feel like this movie's relying a lot on an established history. However, Trunks... You know, this was your first movie as a kid, and it totally worked on you. But, like, yeah, I think... So maybe it works as a movie, but I'm looking at this as a Muppet movie. And uh, <laughs> I feel like as a Muppet movie, it's it's pretty light on... I, I there, there weren't a ton of jokes in here where I was like, that's great, that's brilliant. Like, uh, hmm. yeah, there wasn't much I could hang my hat on. And, uh, and also, yeah, I feel like the characters... Uh, it's just and they might as well not be Muppets <laughs> I don't know I feel like yeah. this one too since it's one of the, the first well actually I, I don't want to say exactly but I feel like it's one of the first um, kind of full force Muppet movies after uh, Jim Henson died like they're leaning a lot less on characters that used to be voiced by Jim Henson like Kermit's definitely kind of on the sidelines in this. He he has his like bits as the captain, but I feel like the most Muppet centric characters, the ones that still shine as their characters, are Gonzo and Rizzo. Yeah, which it it's yeah, more of a like side protagonist. Yeah, it's about them much more than it seems to be about any of the other Muppets. I mean, Miss Piggy doesn't even show up till the last. Yeah, like and it feels minutes. like like I'm I don't remember Treasure Island enough to know. It, it almost felt like. Was Miss Piggy inserted in this? Did they like create oh, a character, or is that character... hundred percent? Okay, like 
I so I I think this was also my first introduction to Treasure Island. So I when I eventually went and actually like saw some more like direct from the source Treasure Island stuff, yeah, like, I was like, "Where's the tribe of like pigs? And where's the? <laughs> how come they're not being hung off a cliff? And like so much yeah, of this mi- is not Treasure Island. It's yeah, mi- Miss Piggy is a uh, Benjamina Gun, but in the novel the character is Ben Gun, and it's like a it's a well it's a little bit more different. But yeah, Thomas, what did you think of Muppet Treasure Island? Well, I, I really enjoyed it, but I also wanted to like mention that like I uh, a couple movies that sort of came out in the same, similar time frame that sort of I think kind of helped contextualize why I didn't really see this movie as a kid. Like this is the first time I saw it. I watched this earlier today. Really enjoyed it, but I was looking at movies from 1996 and like Space Jam was that year, which oh, totally yeah. probably eclipsed my mind for any other movie. Like uh, Independence Day was also that year, and I remember being huge into that movie as well. So, like, I, like this movie probably kind of slipped under my radar. Twister like, was '96. Yeah, I think I was like kind of in that like six going into seven kind of age. Where I was like, oh, I want to watch more edgy stuff, so I probably didn't get to this. But watching this, I totally loved it. I think Tim Curry is fantastic in it. I think he might be one of the best. Like. Uh, I don't know, live action actors we get in one of these movies. I think he's having a lot of fun singing and just like really hamming it up. Um, I'm not really familiar with Treasure Island, the story. So as I was watching this, I was like, is Long John Silver sort of like pretending to be Blackbeard? Or is it like, like is this like a, a mist, like a like a, a ruse kind of thing going on? But I didn't realize that Long John Silver was its own iconic character in its own right. Yeah. Its own kind of. His own restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I thought it was just like a like a like a fictional kind of thing, like I don't know, like a iconic character, but also like just in the lexicon. I didn't know it was like based off of a character from a book and like yeah. the specific specific traits. And so, like, I, I really enjoyed that. I think the songs are really great. Um, I think like it's really vibrant. I enjoy like just the the beach setting and like just like being on the boat and just like the the the, the wide variety of just like. Muppets we get, although it, it, I do sort of agree that yeah, we do. I could use more Kermit, definitely could use more Miss Piggy, and so it is like weird hanging out with um this Jim Hawkins the entire time because yeah. he's like, he's, he's you know child actor, he's, he's he's doing his thing, he's singing in a very high high very register, high, so yeah. his, his, I, his songs can get kind of great. I will say that is my least favorite part. I think the older I get and anytime I rewatch this, that is always the thing that like more and more gets to me is that the, the kid who plays Jim Hawkins, his voice just is it's really too only the singing much. voice. It's the singing voice, yeah. 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 Um especially <clears throat> when it's like he has his like one like just ear shatteringly high pitched like verse <laughs> followed by Tim Curry singing yeah, something. And, and you're like, exactly okay, that's how about. you sing for a movie. And, <laughs> Yeah, I remember feeling like watching that moment. I was like, they're doing different things. <laughs> like this, I don't know if this goes together. Yeah, it's a trip. I, honestly, I I kind of liked it for that reason though. Like I was like, okay, it's it's basically it's doing this this novel, and yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was doing a, a good job of sort of like staying true to it, sort of like it did with Christmas Carol, with Christmas Carol. But here it's like, okay, it's you have this movie sort of is falling on the shoulders of a much younger actor. And so having Tim Curry, he shows up, it's like, okay, like now we can kind of like let my guard down a little bit and have like a really good actor sort of be at the center of this Muppet madness. Yeah. And I don't know, I think all of those, the qualities are sort of there. I think it, it benefits from not having like a ton of cameos in it. Cause I think it's nice to sort of just like do, do this 
like do this plot do this kind of like treasure plot and i don't know i think i disagree when he said there's not many jokes i thought there was a lot of jokes in this that i really enjoy like they have uh, gonzo taking a henry kissinger book out of a, a, oh, yeah, a, that's, that's a, a <laughs> like in the first like 15 minutes of this movie and i was like okay this is really strange also i want to mention that like i think yeah like the fact that this is 1996 i think that like the visual language of the comedy is sort of changing a lot and so there's a point towards the end um spoilers um <laughs> towards the end of this movie where um it's like miss piggy tells uh long john silver where the treasure is and she's like okay now you're gonna like let us go whatever and then it just does a hard cut to where she now she's dangling over the cliff yeah. too and just like they're telling they're telling that joke through the cut through the editing and i yeah. thought that was like a, a nice like show of the times yeah. like, okay like the, the language is changing like drastically so i don't know i, I was really into it and I, I don't know. You said you're you're a Gonzo fan, Daniel. We get a lot of good Gonzo stuff. We is, <laughs> he is just like like I said, he's like a side protagonist. Like he's way yeah. more because uh, again, Christmas Carol, he's a uh, he's a narrator, and yeah. in this one, it's like no, he's like right there. He's along for the adventure, which is interesting. Uh, it's an interesting like maneuver going from like narration, strictly narration, to like no, he's like an active participant in the story. Um, but yeah, yeah, and like I feel like my criticism of like I'm not getting enough of what makes these characters these characters can be applied to Christmas Carol. So there is some hypocrisy there, I will acknowledge. <laughs> but um I think like I, I think I even said this in the Christmas Carol episode is like there's something special about I'm familiar with these characters and now I'm seeing these characters like put on a play. Cause like we break the fourth wall in a way where it's like I know who these characters are, and now I'm seeing the characters play roles. Like, the characters aren't these characters of a Christmas character. K Kermit is still Kermit. He's just playing a role in the Christmas character, the, the Christmas Carol. Uh, yeah. Here, it's like, Kermit feels like he ceased to be Kermit, and now he's just a character in Treasure Island. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some more fourth wall breaking would have helped with that. Um, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, even Fozzie is, like, Fozzie has a comedic role in this movie, but it's, like, it's a different Fozzie. He's got this whole finger yeah. thing going on, his, and it's, like... His, like, it's joke his... style in this, too, isn't his natural, like, I told a joke, and it just yeah, bombed. Yeah, I told a joke, and it was bad. It, it's more <laughs> just him, like, I'm being a weirdo talking to my finger, which yeah. is, yeah. has Mr. never been Timble. Fozzie's bit. <clears throat> What's weird is, I, as best i know from treasure island that's not something from treasure island it's the shining <laughs> right yeah. is I, that what it's a reference to i that's like i don't know this is also a time in in like kids comedy where i feel like they were trying to pack in references to things kids aren't going to get and the parents are going to get which i guess the muppets have kind of always done that but it's like the same yeah, way they, yeah. like same year as this space jam comes out and there's a a like 30 second bit in space jam that's like a pulp ref uh, pulp fiction reference yeah so like so here we have the guy doing like i could have been a contender yeah. it's just like, so yeah. weird it's like a five-year-old is not gonna like, i barely know what that is <laughs> like, <laughs> he did a, he did a good brando in he, did. I mean, he did <laughs> i that definitely shines that scene the the cabin fever sequence I, this time hit me a lot different than I think it had in the past. Because in the past, I always, like, kind of, it made sense beginning to end. But this time, I was almost like, they changed the genre of the song, like, three times. <laughs> the jokes that are put in are, like, 
jokes that have nothing to do with anything else that's happening right there. That song also is very dark. It's very weird and dark, but it's I I don't know. I, that's still probably my favorite part of the movie. But this was the first time I watched that. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? None of this is like like yeah. cohesive. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys about the songs, but I wanted to mention in Cabin Fever, there's a, like, the idea is, like, yeah, like, they're going crazy. Like, that's how it starts off. Like, yeah. the camera starts shifting. Yeah, like, like, oh, I think we're... party now. <laughs> like, we're, like, oh, it's, like, actually kind of fun. Yeah. But then there's a line where someone's like, this is, like, a floating psycho war. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's just, like, that's, I guess that's one way to describe, like, life on a pirate ship. Yeah, it is, like, kind of be kind of mentally taxing. But, yeah, the fact that they're making light of that in such, like, a, a grand tropical like song number is just like so awesome to me and the fact that we get this wide shot and it's just like the ship on the on the water and it's just like uh, it looks like disneyland it it's does, just like yeah. colors everywhere they're just like parting on the spot and it's like yeah yeah they're, they're they're like really going going for these like little visual gags i think that's why i appreciate it more it's like a lot of the visual gags really stuck out to me but I was, do you have any songs that you guys really think are the stronger what, what do you think is like the stronger strongest songs in this movie i don't think i really latched on to many songs in here and it's like so music is by Hans Zimmer, which is strange already. Um, like I, I didn't investigate. Like, is the songwriter the same as pa- the same person who's written songs for past movies? Do we know? Um, I'm not sure. I'd have to. to Might have to pause to and <laughs> have to look, in, yeah, look into the IMDb on that. I. What's funny yeah. is watching it. I was definitely like much more like, oh, this song's pretty good. This one's, but now, you know, it's only been a few hours since I finished watching, it. and the only two I really can remember are Cabin Fever and um, the song uh, Kermit and Piggy sing when they're they're hanging upside down. Uh, Love brought us here, or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's the yeah, okay. I now that I'm thinking about, it, there's the big number when they first set sail. Where uh, you get some good yeah. Tim Curry bits. I mean, I like Professional Pirate. I think that one's really yeah. good. And you like his like ad libs in it are really funny. Where he's like, I mean, like, all right, guys, show, show him that you've been practicing, or like, you know, like I don't know. He, he, I think that's the like the the peak of the movie is where he's just like really hamming it up, breaking the fourth wall, and it's just all of the like this Muppet human crew just championing this <laughs> this sordid lifestyle. I um. I've always held this up as like one of Tim Curry's like iconic roles. You know, people try to, you know, talk about actors. You say what their biggest things with Tim Curry. Everyone will always say Rocky horror picture show. A lot of people might say, yeah, it or, um, legend or, uh, uh, I don't know. I've even had people say like Charlie's Angels more just because I think he was in that and that came out at a time that we would remember. Yeah. But this was always one where it's like people would be having that conversation. And I would be like, if you're not mentioning Muppet Treasure Island, like you, you need to revisit it because he gives I mean, just a great performance in this. I was reading a few reviews after I finished watching it. Yeah, I agree. And people were saying that like he gives an almost better performance as a Muppet than the Muppets do. <laughs> Like he he just fits in there perfectly, and there's something about him that just like he has the right level of kind of showmanship and bravado, where it's like that's what the Muppets want to be like performing with. Yeah, I really enjoy the moment where they give him the black spot, and it's on the Bible paper, and he's like, "You giving this tore page, out a, yeah. a piece of the of the scripture," and he like totally flips it on him. That's just like yeah, a really nice 
actor moment, but it's also played up in this silly Muppet way where all the Muppets are cowering in fear because he's like, bow on your knees and <laughs> beg for forgiveness. And it's just like, it's just so silly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. I think even he, he agrees that like it's one of his performances that he mm-hmm. holds dearly. What's funny is it's a really big contrast to... Um, uh, uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like yeah. that whole thing, his performance is like he is the straight man who like is supposed yeah. to give you a reason why you care outside it's an of like... It's emotional performance. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like for the two kind of main human characters in these like... Oh, I, I'm assuming these were back-to-back, right? This was right before or right after? Uh, I'm yeah. not sure the how many years difference but it's like four okay wow i think because uh christmas carol was 92 and this is but there was 96. they didn't do another movie in between those right if no. they did it was no. like a made for tv or okay or yeah. yeah so it's i and is that one also brian henson directing uh muppet christmas carol was directed by yes brian henson okay so it's it's very i don't know it's Same interesting to see like this pretty similar setup like we're taking a story we're redoing it with muppets but uh I, maybe it's just a, a show of the difference of story uh, kind of an adventure versus yeah kind of a drama because it's like muppet christmas, christmas carol. carol almost feels like a fairy tale or something like that. yeah like it's like this cautionary yeah. tale where like muppet treasure island <laughs> muppet treasure island, <laughs> treasure island <laughs> is just like it's like an adventure story exactly it's like this very like iconic pirate story but um, I don't know. Like, it's not like the the same like obvious mor- moral tale that a Christmas Carol is. And it's like what like what are the moral what are the lessons that we're supposed to take from Treasure Island? Uh, rats are gonna be on your ship. <laughs> I, I don't know. That is one of yeah. my favorite running gags throughout this. Is that Rizzo's running a, a cruise line on the pirate ship? Yeah, that that was like the only like the biggest laugh I think I got was like yeah, like him selling tickets to the, the cruise people and then the continual like fourth wall breaking guys like oh yeah now this is a, now we're on set at the Muppet Treasure Island and they kind of like, walk by <laughs> yeah yeah it's like uh, yeah as I was watching this I think I was more appreciating the fact that it feels like a bridge like a natural bridge between like the more innocent uh, I don't know theatrical based comedy of the older ones and just more just straight up meta humor that comes in the late 90s and the 2000s and, and the Muppets were always meta but I feel like they're pushing down on the gas like a lot more to, but going to what you said Daniel about like what lessons do we learn I, I do feel like yeah it is kind of weak on the whole the Jim Hawkins kind of story of like him like kind of connecting to his father and wanting to like have this life i I really appreciate the i want song that we have in the beginning of this movie like the um i forget the title but it's like uh essentially it's all about like i just want a better life or like there has to be something better essentially and i I just really appreciate just like that innocent sentiment of that um and then it's followed by like a pretty spectacular like uh action scene where all these muppets are attacking this tavern and (laughs) Like the great the weird like gag with this gu- the running from gunpowder and then it's like ends with this big ex- like not like explosion when the 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 lady is just like fighting Muppets off as she's like exiting the the tavern. I don't know. I I just appre- I, I appreciated just the 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 size the scale of it. I don't know. It just it felt like it it did feel like kind of like a big adventure to me. And I I, I think it's benefits from the fact that I've never seen this before and I was just like totally down for the ride. Yeah. I like um, Billy Connolly in that those early scenes too. Just where, Billy yeah, Connolly. he 
yeah, Billy Bones just showing up to set up the story, like kind of, I don't know. I feel like, and I think that's more of a problem with uh, Treasure Island than the Muppet version, but like the, the story is very much just like, if this, like the beginning isn't relevant, really. We need to see where he is before, I guess, but it, it's all about this like adventure that takes place. And the the just getting from point A to point B is so quick, yeah. especially in this version where they're just like, "Oh, actually, I do have a map," and then you're already like on the ship by the next scene. There's like no stopping to to get to get to like the fun in this. I feel like they they threw in the like structure that you need, but I I don't know. I'm glad they found a way to make those scenes fun still. Yeah, I, I like the Jimmy Jim Jim gag. I enjoyed that. That was funny. A little moment just to be silly and just to say his name over and over again. Um, but yeah, okay, Daniel, I guess this is the question I have for you. How do you feel does this rank amongst the Muppet movies you've seen up until this point? I mean, I, I feel like watching this, I got a greater appreciation for, um, ah, gosh, no, the great Muppet caper because okay. it's like... So, so like watching this there weren't there were i'm sorry there weren't jokes that stood out to me very much like like uh kermit grabbing miss piggy and then getting stretched out and then we see his eyes bulging out of his head and they're a different like shape than they usually are like that <laughs> stood out to me because it's like okay we're playing with the puppet like there wasn't enough playing with the puppet i feel like in this movie like i'm a big that's fan fair. of seeing the puppets get thrown around and stuff <laughs> um, hey, that, that's that's totally fair that's a good criticism because the gonzo leg like, stretching didn't do it for you. Like thinking about, <laughs> oh, yeah, tortured. that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> thinking about like, um, like there's no joke as good as uh, Kermit and Fozzie being identical twins, or like there's no scene as good as uh, the scene where John Cleese is having dinner with his wife and like Miss Piggy is sneaking around their house and like like scaling the building. Yeah, where it's like this <laughs> very surreal sort of like sketch comedy thing. Um, and it just feels like we're very, now we're very, like, Muppet Christmas Carol was like a fun sort of diversion from what we're used to with the Muppets, and now it feels like we're just very far removed from, like, what made the Muppets special, which they were, like, this almost, like, uh, sort of Marx Bros-style cast of characters, um, and... Yeah, and I'm just not getting those gags. I'm not getting that humor. It feels more like it's just like and like I'm sure a lot of what I'm saying can be applied to Christmas Carol too, but um, it's just kind of a straight retelling of the story uh, with Muppets added, and it just makes me wonder like why do they need to be Muppets? <laughs> um, yeah, I I get what you mean by by this point any traces of kind of. You know, the old Muppet show was very like built on on vaudeville almost, where yeah. the it was kind of the bits were very old and the jokes were like kind of bad, but in the way you want them to be bad. And by the time they got yeah. here, I I think everyone who was I mean not everyone, there's plenty of people who was working on that who were working on this, but the the creative direction has changed for the Muppets at this point. And I think if, like, the story is told well enough, if the story is strong enough, then maybe I won't mind it. Because, like, I didn't mind it with The Christmas Carol. I got, like, very emotionally involved with Michael Caine's performance. Um, and here it's just, like... 
I can't like this is a fucking adventure pirate movie. Like, let me have more fun with these Muppets. Like, <laughs> make it zanier and wackier, and like, uh, don't stick so much to the story. Like, use this as an opportunity to explore. Uh, uh. Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying there. I, yeah, I think a lot of the yeah a lot of the jokes that I sort of attach to a little more like like either editing based or more kind of like style but like as far as like straight up Muppet humor I do I do feel like yeah there could have been a little bit more there is one thing I thought that a joke that you really you really would have appreciated is the when they're reading I think they're literally reading the map and then like Gonzo's like oh yeah it's like this could be like we can get uh we're gonna be rich and then Rizzo's like oh we're gonna be dead and in Gonzo's eyes have dollar signs and Rizzo's <laughs> eyes have X's in them and I was like it's just like it's something I didn't even catch the first time I watched it I had to like while I was rewatching the scene on YouTube and I was like oh yeah that's really clever that's a really like quick joke but like yeah it's like I I feel like yeah you might want to more like you know just a lot more of stuff like that throughout the entire movie which i think is and just like i don't know like so like the only joke i wrote down was um so the eagle our eagle muppet is like making he's like building up kermit as a character as like this like strict captain and then the volcano of a man (laughs) yeah and then when when kermit shows up he's like very mild-mannered and like he makes like some you know nothing comment and then our eagle character just says, I knew it. He's furious. <laughs> like, so, yeah, there's like setup and payoff, setup punchline. Um, that feels like kind of classic, kind of old school. Um, and I think, yeah, maybe that's more of what I wanted. Because, like, there's some jokes in here. I didn't write it down, but there were like moments where I was like, this joke is like a cheap joke. Like, it's like not, like, it's a joke that, like, I know I saw a joke occur. And it moved, like, and, like, we're moving away from it because, like, we're caught up in, you know, the adventure of the action of the moment. Um, and it's, like, there are some jokes where I, that, that just felt kind of, like, typical kids movie, like, action-adventure jokes. And I don't know. They didn't feel, there's, like, a certain character, like, a certain dirty quality to some of these old Muppet jokes where it's, like, it feels like stand-up or something like that where it's, like, they're trying things, you know? Uh, maybe they're not landing all the time, but like they're trying things. Um, yeah, I never got the sense that with those old movies, I never got the sense that the jokes were lazy or anything. Yeah, there's definitely I'm so critical of this. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely a lot of jokes that are just someone says something like, "Yeah." Something like bad's someone... gonna happen. This weird bad thing's gonna happen, or we're gonna have this terrible experience. And Gonzo's response is just always like, "That sounds awesome." Yeah. Which, like, I, I think that falls into the the ones you're having problems with. Yeah. But for me, you I might as well have someone say like, "Let's do that again." I, that's a good point. But I love that just because, like, especially for Gonzo, I I feel like his character has been all over the place for years because I I feel like no one really knows what to do with him. But like I think it, he's at the best where he's just like, oh, this is a, a like a weird little freak, and I'm just so happy that he's happy with what he's doing. Like um, he's just got his chicken that he likes to fuck, and he's like going about <laughs> yeah, his day. It's so fucking weird that it's like, yeah, he likes to fuck a chicken. Yeah, we're all okay with this, right? <laughs> I that was one thing I noticed. Like, they're uh, the chickens never show up in this. Oh, at least yeah. it's like the them. the talking veggies show up. Like they find a pointless reason to get uh, Steph <laughs> Steffer. Uh, 
God damn it. Uh, Stadler and Waldorf? Stel- yeah. yeah. Like, I like them. I'm always happy to see them. Yeah. I'm always happy to see them, but they, I feel like they would have been better off not being in this one, because just being on the, the front of the boat, I think they have, they it have like weird. one joke. <laughs> They're in two scenes, they have one joke. Hold on. And now. it's just kind of... <laughs> hold, hold on a second. Let's let's ease up on Muppet Treasure Island, because I think the figurehead joke <laughs> is... All wrong. I think the figurehead joke is pretty solid, because we get a little bit of their traditional, like, like oh, we're too bad we're stuck on the ship. Like, oh, I guess we, we could be stuck in the audience. I like, I, I like that gag. <laughs> but also when they're, when they're dangling off the cliff, and they're the ones that catch Kermit and Miss Piggy, I was like, okay, they actually had, like, a, a serviceable... A, like a service to the plot beyond just being there. It's like they're like the whole crew. They're they're, the crew is rough. It's like they're putting out like all these nets to catch them, but then they fall and then they get caught by them. I was like, okay, that's actually <laughs> like you know, you're using narrative economy. So I appreciate that. And so that's true. What I do really <laughs> like about that, that scene is they've, you know, they've got the big net out and everyone's watching them fall like very directly into the net. Yeah. And then just the last minute, like their heads all sharply turn to the left and yeah. see them like completely miss. Like, I don't know. I, I, there's so much just dumb little stuff in here. And I, I think because this came out when it did and because it was something I watched so much, like it's hard for me to pick apart like what in here is a good joke or isn't a good joke just because it's versus what is nostalgia. I yeah, because I feel like this is the type of movie that that framed my sense of humor, framed my like mm. interest in these things. Yeah, I, I feel that way. I I feel that way. I feel that, and I feel that way about Space Jam. But also, I appreciate watching this movie because like. There's so many like small jokes in this where like when they're stretching Gonzo out and he's like, yeah, actually I might have a future in the NBA and it's just like there's there's so many yeah. jokes in this that I just appreciate. So yeah, I think me and you, Daniel, just had very opposite experiences while watching this movie because I was like loving it and just really enjoyed all of the jokes and the little small gags. Yeah, it was I need a- more. I need I need bigger gags. <laughs> I need more muppetry. Um, more more zaniness. Uh, is Muppets and Muppets from Space, is that more of a Gonzo movie? Uh, yeah. Like, he's the one where it's like... It, it's about like, yeah, him like finding his family. <laughs> okay. But, um, oh, okay. I'm excited for that. I, but again, it's it's him and it's him and Rizzo are kind of the focus. Actually, it's Rizzo's kind of the It's they side. became central Muppets. Like, Hermit I, was always the star of the show. And then... I, I really do think that's partially because... Um, Jim Henson died, and since oh, he yeah. always voiced Kermit, uh, it used to be like you know Jim Henson and Fozzie, or sorry, yeah. Jim Henson and Frank Oz were kind of the main voices of the main characters. And then you know Jim died, and I think Frank, well, still involved, like he still does the voices of several in this. And he, the guy who took over for Kermit also does Rizzo. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, and he he's now not with the Muppets yeah, anymore, which tired. is why you don't see Rizzo at all. Oh damn. Mm. That's a shame. Yeah. I could do Rizzo, probably. <laughs> I would love for you to just come in, like, they're just going to give you Rizzo. You don't even have to do the voice. Just yeah. do your normal voice. And everyone's hey, like, damn, Rizzo, Rizzo chilled out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys you want some pizza? Me, right? I'm from Brooklyn, I guess. I'm going to chase some women. I was going to ask you, like, are we going to do Muppets from Space? I thought this was going to be... Um, is I think that it, it might uh, still be Hence. Uh, no, Henson that movie, that right? one's Kirk Thatcher directed it. It's like did Brian Henson produce it? Produced by the I mean, I think he company. produced all of them. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. 
Yes. yes. Wikipedia is saying that, uh, yes. Um, the last theatrically released uh, Muppet film to be produced by the Jim Henson Company is uh, Muppets, Muppets from Space. And then it switched fully to Disney, right? Yes. Because yeah. think... it was Disney bought Muppet Studios, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. <laughs> I it's weird because I'm sure Henson is still connected to all this stuff, like the company, not yeah, I'm sure. not the person, but uh, that is something I've been noticing more because I I actually for a long time thought they had bought Henson flat out. I didn't realize it was just the Muppets. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe it was just the Muppets. I know it was like a huge deal. Like like yeah. they had like a whole ceremony at Disneyland of like a Muppets takeover and stuff. And then they proceeded to do not much <laughs> with the characters. Yeah, I mean, they did the um, the Nicholas Stoll movies. Is that his name? I think that. Which the first one I really enjoyed. I wasn't a huge fan on the second one. Just, uh, but, Jason um, Siegel is who I yeah. think of. With the... Oh yeah, he, sorry. The director was. Um, I think his name's Nicholas Stoll. He also did a forgetting Sarah Marshall and get him to break. Uh, okay. Um, with Jason Siegel also. Yeah. But, they also uh, just announced did... a, a Dr. Teeth show. Oh, Dr. Teeth I hadn't show? Heard of that. Yeah. Okay. With an uh, actor I like a lot, uh, Durs from Workaholics is going to be in it. So, That'll be cool. Yeah. He's, he's... I really liked the Dr. Teeth bits in, um, in this one. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of no reason why, but there's like a, a full, like, psychedelic rock band on the ship and then, like, on the boat, and they're just kind of commenting. On like whose side are we on? Like, doesn't matter. Just play the music. Yeah. Have you watched Earth to Ned at all on Disney Plus? I watched most of that. It's it's pretty good. Um, Thomas, if you don't know, it's like a it's basically a Muppet talk show. Uh, you mm-hmm. have this alien uh, puppet from it's Jim Henson Company worked on it. Um, this alien puppet who's trying to understand how humans operate. He's hosting a talk show and he has people like. Uh, I don't know, like Reggie Watts on, and I think like Tignataro, oh, cool. Paul Shear and stuff. Yeah. yeah, pretty good guess. And like, it's I think it's all improvised too, and like the like the host does a good job. So. That sounds right. That one's fun. Then there's also a what was it Muppets Now, which is the the Disney Plus Muppets show they did. Is that any good? I enjoyed it, but you know, I'm a I'm a sucker for Muppets, so it's <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy all of them until it just isn't my thing anymore i feel like yeah i was gonna say daniel i think we should wrap it uh, wrap it out wrap it up slash end it out with muppets from space because that has i'm down yeah. it has jeffrey tambor and ray liotta in it <laughs> okay <laughs> oh yeah we gotta do it now. yeah, ray yeah. Liotta. that's pretty appropriate but um i i haven't seen the whole movie and i'm not gonna recommend it but uh, <laughs> if you haven't there's a scene in muppet uh wizard of oz we're just yeah, out of I've nowhere. heard it's pretty bad. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino is like oh, pitching boy. a scene where like Miss Piggy is killing people or something. Okay. It's, Do it's we see Miss Piggy's cuts... feet? <laughs> no, it, well, I don't know, maybe. Uh, but what I remember is it just cuts to Tarantino like seemingly on a full like coke rant 
just screaming at Fozzie about like this scene. I think that's the one scene I will watch. From <laughs> I, that's all I'm saying. Don't watch the. I mean, maybe watch the whole movie you want, but like, go find that clip on YouTube. Yeah, I love that recommendation. It's like I'm not recommending this movie, but <laughs> it's not good. But it's, I'm like, recommending a scene from. Yeah, movie. but as you sort of wrap up this Muppet conversation, we've asked other guests about this with Trunks. If you could make or have your own Muppet movie, pick a genre or a movie and insert Muppets into it, what would that oh. move? What would that movie be? Yeah. You get I, to okay. The I way the prompt usually the way the prompt usually works, it was like a Twitter thing that was going around. Is mm-hmm. take one movie, replace all the characters with Muppets except for one live action actor. What movie? Oh God, I've had some like I, this is definitely a conversation I've had with people before, and I know I've come up with good ones. I it's terrible, but my first reaction is always like, "What's the most fucked up thing I can come up with?" <laughs> yeah. Like I want like solo (laughs) (laughs) oh god the criterion collection who's the live action band in 12 countries i okay i haven't seen it the guy who was manja manja oh god no okay that that's that gives me the answer what i want is um i want audition the takashi mikey (laughs) okay who's the so who's the live action uh just the sun (laughs) everyone else is muppets (laughs) i would keep the woman I think I would like to see her chopping Muppets. Oh, no, no, no. The woman has to be Miss Piggy. It's Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog. I would keep her chopping up a Muppet with yeah. the NOR. Yeah, my choice was Training Day, replace everyone except... Keep Ethan Hawke as <laughs> everyone else's Muppets. Oh, wow, that would be good. Um, God, I, I feel like if... If you hadn't asked me, I would have had great ones. If I had come yeah. up with mentioning this, it's always um, on the spot here in Big Zone. Yeah. yeah, mine was uh, Big Lebowski, and he keeps Steve Buscemi. That would be fun. <laughs> Just that is one thing I noticed uh, about this: is normally the Muppets kind of are in human society. Yeah, like the the Muppet to human ratio is normally higher human than Muppets. In this, it is very Muppet heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in in these like Christmas Carol Muppet Treasure Island, it's yeah. like a human and Muppet. But like, world. um, you know, the Muppet movie or uh, Muppets Take Manhattan or something, the majority of the people walking around yeah. are, are real people. And I think yeah. I, there's the old, uh, you know, a Muppet movie is either a movie about the people that make about the Muppets as creatives making things, or it's them performing something. Yeah, this is definitely one of the performance ones. Um. If you could take a classic tale and put it through Muppets or like some, you know, yeah, classic piece of literature, what would you choose? I like, I think it could be fun to see them do some like Shakespeare, mm. like Hamlet or uh, Mac- uh, Macbeth, what I think could be a lot of fun. Macbeth would be wild. Well, Just because like. Taming of the Shrew. Yeah, I just because I feel like it would be something where it's you would get maybe two or three scenes in and they would very quickly be like, do we really have to talk like this? <laughs> like, the, like it would not you would not get Shakespearean verse the whole way. I'd through, like to hear Fozzie deliver Shakespearean. I, that could be fun. <laughs> I feel like I could just picture it where it's like most of them have completely abandoned the idea and Sam Eagle or something is just like trying so hard to maintain yeah. the rules of we have to talk like this. <laughs> Just can't hold um, up the facade anymore. I think yeah. Lord of the Rings would be a good adaptation. 
Um, I mean, what other? I'd love to see him in books. Star Wars because I feel like yeah. they're basically in. Star That's Wars Muppet already. Babies, baby. <laughs> that is Muppet Babies. That's true. Yeah, they did a lot of. They did like uh, Indiana Jones and stuff on Muppet Babies. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think that was like. I think every episode of Muppet Babies might have been a thing where it's like we're going into you know our imaginations to play, and then it's always based on some other property, mm-hmm. gotcha. which is why they can't stream it anywhere because like I think it's like a huge like rights issue. Huh. Um, Interesting. That's like when Netflix was like first starting out. Everyone was like, we want Malcolm in the Middle on Netflix, but like there's just so much licensed music in the show that it, it kind of struggled. Yeah. But then it eventually it arrived on Netflix. But That's like, I, now they just cut out the licensed music yeah. on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like most MTV stuff is like stream Daria somewhere and it's missing all of the licensed music. Stream Beavs and Butthead, really? all of the music videos are missing. Huh, that's a yeah. bummer. I didn't, re- I didn't really it know sucks, that. It sucks, yeah. Damn. Or even, um, <laughs> <laughs> I know on Netflix, like the big one people were mad about was when even Jillian went on there. Oh, uh, yeah. They, they took the song off the credits. Fly Me to the Moon. Yeah. And then, um, Spickable. I Meanwhile, know. you turn Stranger Things on, and it's like a licensed song every like thirty seconds. I, yeah. Beetle drops, yeah. baby. That's how we make that money. <laughs> it's they know that's how you get people really excited for your movie, but they're like, we're not going to pay for that if it's not ours. Yeah. Also, as a side, that happens in rap music a lot. Is there's a lot of mixtapes that are released unofficially that have songs and sample flips that are just like completely just stolen from other artists, and then yeah. people want them to put them on streaming services like 10 years later but then they have to like interpolate the samples or completely remove them and change it and they're like this is not the same song and it's just like well mm-hmm. yeah. we have to follow these fucking rules to get it on this service which is unfortunate I remember when a what was it chance the rapper put acid rap on there there was one track yeah that he like just couldn't couldn't do so the track is just him explaining that he couldn't get the rights to everything yeah. but please still listen to this track of me talking about <laughs> it so everyone gets paid for it that's right like, yeah. I remember uh, watching this Polish film. Very different. <laughs> but, like, uh, it was, like, made during, like, a lot of political turmoil. And, like, large sections of it were missing. And so it's called uh, On the Silver Globe. And, like, you'll be watching, like, the sci-fi movie happening. And then it'll cut away to shots of contemporary Poland. And you just hear a narrator saying, and then all of this stuff happened <laughs> like just like describing like what you should be seeing and then we cut back and like a huge time jump has occurred <laughs> in the narrative and now like all the characters are in like different locations and shit yeah do you ever see um todd hayes did a kind of short documentary about the carpenters where um he it was all kind of acted out with barbies and stuff what <laughs> Uh, hang on, let me find what it was called. Um, it was like, yeah, here we are. Sounds... Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story. It's amazing, but he just kind of chose not to go the route of getting the rights for the Carpenter's music. Um, I think because it's, you know, it's a documentary about her life that is very critical of everyone who probably owns the rights to her music now. But, uh, I, I saw it in, in a you know documentary class in college, but it was something where I was like watching it. I was like, this is like amazing. How did this, like, how is this not something more people know about? And it's because he didn't get the rights and it basically tanked his career for 10 years. Yeah. What did you say it was called? Uh, Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story. But, you know, he eventually made it. 
He got his Oscar. Actually, no, he didn't. He's only been nominated. (laughs) (laughs) Guess I should ask as we're wrapping this Muppet convo. It's been like ten minutes. If you talk about anything Muppet related, Uh, what have you been watching? What have you been watching this week, Trunks? Um, let's see. So I've been watching, uh, keeping up with the Disney Plus shows. So Obi Wan and um, Ms. Marvel. I'm enjoying both of those a lot. And then I just watched the new Downton Abbey movie. Okay. Um, downtown Abbey. Downtown, <laughs> downtown Abbey. Uh, and that's about it. Oh, I've been watching uh, The Staircase on HBO okay. as well. I've heard it's super depressing. Or... Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, me and my fiance marathoned the, the documentary of it um, like right before the series came out. And then now we're finally catching up with the series. It's really depressing, and it's weird to have watched something where it's like I already watched, <laughs> like I already watched ten it. hours of like the actual events of this. But it is really fascinating to watch like something that's like I saw this from a, a documentary, which is pretty one-sided. To now be watching a TV show that's kind of trying to show you more than the documentary, but the document or the TV show is saying it's based off the documentary and the director of the documentary is an executive producer on the TV show. So it's kind of like, even if you're being kind of critical of other people, like you didn't in your documentary, it feels weird that you're re-releasing your same yeah, product. Yeah. Again. I, well, and the weirdest thing to me is he, kept the, the, there's a, you know, an actor playing the documentary person and this, and they cast him as a black man, which he's not. <laughs> which really feels like they're trying to play into like a he's sympathetic or like he he should be the moral compass here for some reason. Definitely a little more as a creative yeah. choice, uh, definitely a casting I, choice for a particular reason. Like it, it normally like you know casting race shouldn't matter, but I feel like in this situation, it's kind of like. Yeah, it's like true it crime. Like, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. There's, I don't know. There's baggage here. Yeah. So, uh, like, you're you're like, saying I'll... the person who's telling the story is a different person, like, kind of dramatically. So, yeah, I... that's kind of weird. Because I just watched um, We Own This City, and that's like the uh, David Simon like is the Wire kind of show, but it's based off of a, a book about a 100% real people, and so it's like. All of it's like all like supposed to be like very scarily accurate, and so yeah, hearing that is like kind of strange. Or yeah, if you're doing true crime or anything like nonfiction, like race changing, that's like not the play. Like sure, do it for Thor. I don't give a shit. Do it for Doctor Strange. Yeah. I don't care. Like, I don't care. Like, like, like I don't care. Like I can understand doing it if you have a reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, but that's if, that, that's if what you're it trying feels to mess like. with like the expectations of the audience or something yeah. to try and like convey some broader message but uh yeah it it feels like they're trying to because there's a there's one other character that they do it to as well but that guy like they're the private detective for the uh defense they changed from a white man to a black man as well and in that like for that role it doesn't feel weird to me like that's like whatever he's not super important overall yeah the main documentarian seems to be yeah especially since that person is a producer on the show (laughs) like 
It's like, who do you want to play you? It's like, oh, I got the perfect trailer. <laughs> <It's laughs> yeah. like, I want Michael B. Jordan to play. Exactly. I've always thought of myself as a Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Most charismatic like, looking black yeah. man I can find. I, it just kind of undercuts anything <laughs> of the series trying to present itself as a... a that's a really fun. Legitimate source. Yeah, like that's that. hell of weird. <laughs> yeah. I, so, I don't know. That's my biggest gripe with the, the series. Other than that, I, I enjoy it. It's one of the only things I've seen, like, Sophie Turner in that she hasn't drove me crazy. So. That's it. I love the thought of some, like, schlubby dude being like, yeah, yeah, Michael B. George should play me. Yeah. <laughs> Cast up. It's like, like, make me hot. Like, I want, well, his, me. I want history to me. remember me as amazingly attractive. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I will say is that actor is at least doing a really good job. Like, hey, he's very maybe, compelling. Maybe that's watch, how, so. how it happened. They were, like, auditioning people, and they were like, you know what? He's kind of nailing it. He's the best, <laughs> best man for the role. <laughs> that's the power of performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it does really feel like the show is trying to kind of reframe the history of the film's involvement in the case, though. Because yeah. they're really pushing in the show. It's like, oh, we want to talk about the justice system and all this and be like, your documentary didn't talk about the justice system. It just tried to convince me this guy's innocent. Well, you gotta, you know, offer a twist, a new take on it. You can't just release the same product twice. Uh, <laughs> they kind of are still. <laughs> yeah. You gotta learn from the first thing you did. I don't know. What about you, Daniel? <clears throat> I watched uh, the first two seasons of The Good Place when I was under quarantine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I binge watched a lot of television. Um, so, The Good Place, for those who don't know, it's uh, when you die, there's a good place, there's a bad place. And our main character, Eleanor, she finds herself in the good place, and it turns out she's not supposed to be there. There is a mistake. Uh, she quickly finds out she does not belong amongst all of these uh, do-gooders. And so she... It also, it turns out that um, soulmates are a thing in The Good Place, and her soulmate is a moral philosopher, um, a professor of moral philosophy. Um, and so she's trying to loop him in and be like, okay, teach me to be a good person. Teach me to be someone who would actually belong here. Uh, and uh, there are plenty of antics that ensue. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting because it like actually does delve into like a lot of moral philosophy. And uh, it's just very playful with like, you know, you have um, Ted Danson plays this character who's like an architect of the neighborhood that they live in and like trying to create a heaven for these characters. But things keep going wrong because clearly someone doesn't belong here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah the first every season has been very different um the show finds ways to like twist its premise uh into it, it just keeps twisting it and i'm like what are they going to do next how are they going to keep this going it feels like we're repeatedly jumping sharks um <laughs> until the whole show is just shark jumping um but i'm still sticking with it i'm on season three now and uh you know, every episode is kind of like a miracle that it's still happening. <laughs> that's, that's way I, further than I got. <laughs> yeah. How far oh, did yeah. you finish the first season, Tom? I finished. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. You didn't finish I, the first I don't season? know why. I just, like, that was a show that, like, had really high reviews, really, like, the people that love that show, like, really champion it. And I, I'm usually, like, I'm, I like when the fan bases are, like, really unified and, like, supporting a show. I don't know. I think it was just the aesthetic. Uh, remind me of the actress's name. 
Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell is really great. I, I, even the supporting cast is like solid, but I don't know. I just, just the, like the, I don't know, the aesthetic of it just didn't really click with me, and so like, it's very strange. Yeah, and like I. Yeah, I, I, and then it's like, I got the gag. It's like, yeah, she's an awful person. She cuss and lines. She swears. She's like, you know, like the whole gag of like, you can't swear in the good place. They're saying, <laughs> they say frick and other stuff. I thought that yeah, was like, shirt. Kinda, yeah, I thought that was kind of cute, but I was like, I don't know. Just like the aesthetic of like the, like visually, I just didn't quite like it. I just, it's it, very clean and bright. And yeah, I just a like, a lot of that, wasn't uh, into town that. is just. It feels like, like the, the Sims lot. or something. Yeah. It's it's the backlot at Universal Studios. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's why I just wasn't quite into it, because it's like, yeah, like it's all I, about the characters and the jokes, and visually it's just I, not interesting. I mean, I, I absolutely love that show, and I feel like, like Daniel was saying, it's season to season, it is so different, and it's kind of mm, constantly yeah. moving and changing that, I don't know, I would say give it another chance. Um, I think, yeah, how far did you get, you say? I don't remember. That's the thing is like it's one of those shows where I tried like, a couple of episodes and just wasn't into it. I don't. It's, it's fascinating because like a couple of episodes ago you're like not into like TV, but now you've come back and you've yeah. finished the new <laughs> seasons of the new season of Stranger Things, and now you're onto the the good place. Yeah, I finished all the Obi Wan episodes. I finished. Uh, <laughs> I think it's so fascinating. Ball on Barry. Fit, watched two seasons of the Good Place. I've just been watching like... shitty movies. Actually. <laughs> Um, but I watched one other thing, which is because I fucking had so much time on my hands, uh, which is I watched both seasons of Undone, which is this Amazon Prime hmm. show. Um, it's like a rotoscoped animation where the first oh. season is about it's starring Rosa Salazar and it's with Bob Odenkirk. Um, the first season is it's this this woman. Uh, she's visited by like her dead father and she learns that she has like sort of like time travel abilities uh, that like her father was like researching and so the whole first season is sort of like a murder mystery of like her coming to terms with her power her father trying to like guide her and teach her how to use it and then also like trying to figure out like how did her father die like was someone involved was there some sort of conspiracy like what happened who who killed me hmm. okay. um and then the second season is mostly about like generational trauma uh and i really like the second season i think it's a little bit better than the first season because the first season is all just about like this journey and there's like a lot of forward momentum which is really nice but then like the second season it's actually like delving into more like it's it's a much more like emotional plot line and um i don't know i like her her mother uh her mother's mexican and like she's like half mexican um and so like a large portion of the second season takes place in Mexico and I was trapped in Mexico with COVID <laughs> when I watched it. Um, and I'm also, you know, of Mexican heritage. Um, so like there was definitely parts of it, like watching parts of this movie and thinking about like my own family and like generational trauma is like very hot right now. I feel like in a lot of media, yeah. um, it's something that like I've talked about with my own family and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I I really loved the show. Um, I also watched the second season of Russian Doll, which also <laughs> deals with time travel and generational trauma. <laughs> um, and I think I, I preferred Undone's approach more. I feel like Russian Doll was a little convoluted and like I feel like uh, Natasha Leon's character kind of was a little more annoying this season. I love the first season of Russian Doll. I think it's like one of the best things Netflix has done. But um, okay, I'm gonna check that out. But yeah, I think, yeah, I think uh, Undone definitely, definitely worth checking out. Um, 
it's I think I think the first season of Russian Doll is better than Undone, but I think Undone is better than the second season of Russian Doll. Gotcha. So, yeah. How about you? What have you been watching? Um, well, yesterday, I'm wearing my Jurassic Park shirt. Yesterday, I saw Dominion and saw Jurassic World. Oh boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, let's say like not that great. Um, I do appreciate the fact that like I saw saw it for five dollar Tuesdays at my local theater. It was like almost sold out. I was trying to come up with a like basically like what happens like when a movie theater it's like all sold out except like the really shitty seats in the front where it's like it's basically sold out except for like the awful rows in the front. So I don't know if like I was trying to come up with like a, a clever term for that or something like that. Like but I I, I appreciate when the theater's full and like Jurassic Park has a, a way to, you know, get butts and seats and I you know, enjoyed it just for dinosaurs didn't really do much to move the plot of the trilogy forward in any way or do anything super creative um but i do think it's interesting that for all of like the for most of the uh, marketing of this movie they haven't used the words jurassic world dominion even in the movie when they do the title card it's just the logo and like i was like interesting like even the past couple of weeks i've like been seeing the trailer a ton and seeing a lot of like posters or billboards or whatever, but very rarely have I seen the words Jurassic World Dominion. I was going to ask you guys, have you seen that, like those words? Like I've only just seen the logo. I mean, when you said I saw Dominion, I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Is that a superhero? Thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was fascinating that Jurassic I, Park has no, gotten no, to that level. Mention it. I Well, I wonder if, I mean, I think the logo is iconic enough. They are at that level. Yeah. But yeah. I also wonder if they're, trying to not connect it too much to that maybe like let somebody possibly just go in and be like oh i think this is just another movie about dinosaurs yeah but, just, or, or, or maybe like also are very like here's laura jurassic world <laughs> yeah, yeah more like jurassic park less jurassic world you know what i mean oh, yeah. like less chris pratt more like it's you know it's dr malcolm and or you know these these guys i i was I think I heard someone, maybe someone I worked with, talking about how they were in a theater and they heard someone say, like, oh, man, I saw the first one, you know, like, six years ago or something like that. (laughs) And, like, referring to the first Jurassic World movie. And they were like, fuck, I'm old. I (laughs) saw the real first one in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a trippy. As far as like legacy sequels go, it's easily one of the weakest ones. Um, but I don't know. I I enjoyed I enjoyed it for what it was. There's things about that movie that I liked. There's things about the movie that I didn't like. Um, uh, not the worst movie I've ever, ever seen in my life. I don't think it quite deserves like the 33 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's uh, it's it's okay. Um, but I wanted to mention I finished Severance and Severance is like really, really, really good. If you like have a chance to get quarantined again and forced to watch more TV, <laughs> yeah. um, I would fingers put, crossed. <laughs> no, I wouldn't wish that on you or anyone. But um, I, I think if you have the time to watch that show, I think it, it's really, really worth it because, like I say, a- Apple TV is doing the sci-fi thing really well. Adam Scott is fantastic, and just the way it's shot and the way that it's p- photographed is just really creative. It's very claustrophobic, and the color palette is just like it, it pops as a like kind of like seventies kind of like pop art kind of like vibe to it. And yeah, just the story is just really deep, and I just really, really enjoyed it. There's a lot of hyperbole kind of going around. People are saying that like the end of the season is like at like lost levels and they're saying it's just like 
the best TV ever. I, I wouldn't quite say that. <laughs> I, I think it's good. I think it's like it's just really it is really good. It's really solid. Um, it, it's just very clever, and it's just yeah, it, it's just a really solid prestige drama, good TV show. Um, really, really recommend it. Um, Will there be a second season? You think? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Second, okay. it's already renewed for season two. Oh, and, okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, did um, did either of you watch? Uh, shit, what was it called the the after party? On Apple TV? No. I started it. I probably like watched two episodes. Yeah. Okay. I I really enjoyed that. Just since we're talking Apple TV stuff, that's the one I like to suggest off there. Because, you know, everyone knows if you have Apple TV, go watch like Ted Lasso or something. But yeah. That's the one I like to mention just because each episode's like a different genre and like. Okay. It's kind of an ongoing mystery. It's like a Rashomon type. Like kind thing, of Rashomon, yeah. yeah. That sounds if, awesome. I'm going to do that next. It's fun. And then it's like, it's the who's who of like kind of big name comedy people yeah, right yeah. now that are in it yeah um, sam richardson ben schwartz yes yeah. anything with sam richardson i'll watch and what's fun about it is like the way they kind of do the reveal at the end like you know the one season's the one crime and you you do get a resolution on it but the way they do it is they kind of show you clips from each episode and like if you are paying enough attention you should be able to figure it out i mm. fucking didn't because okay. i'm not that smart but like, <laughs> yeah it was nice that like they mm. really clearly laid out. It's like, hey, we did tell you this. Already, so, <laughs> awesome. how many episodes are there? Uh, not that many. Uh, maybe ten. Okay. But I'm pretty sure they're only like half hour episodes. Mm. Yeah, Severance is nine. It's really good. Some of, like I think half the season was directed by Ben Stiller, but also it has like uh, John Turturro and uh, Christopher Walken and uh, Patricia Arquette is like the main villain. And yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's just really, really good. And yeah, can't I need to check it out. I remember watching the trailer and like immediately being interested. So yeah. yeah. Um, but besides that, um, been watching these Warriors play. There's one more game tomorrow, and we can fucking beat Boston and end this, end this season out with another Warriors championship. That would be really great, and I'd feel really happy. Um, so I'm looking forward to that as well. I'd be lying if I say I have not been watching these games on the edge of my seat. So, yeah, that's basically what I've been watching on this side. They're going to be in Boston again tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Gonna Do you be... think they will? Like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes when it's the at, they're at the away team, they'd almost let it slide so they can win at home. Yeah, that's sort of what happened with this last series with uh, Milwaukee. Um, no, it, uh, not Milwaukee. I uh, forget what the team is. Um, Luka Doncic's team. Whatever happened, they had a chance to, <laughs> to, to end the series in uh, the away game, but they ended it at home. And so I think Steve, uh, Steve Kerr has been, been like saying, we want to end this in game six and kind of close it out. So, I mean, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I Every time a game has been coming up for this, I'm like, oh, I gotta remember gotta like fucking watch it yeah i think i've jumped in and been able to catch like five minutes of each game so far hey that's totally fine I am, I, i'm a bad sports fan yeah we also we we're movie people video yeah. game people yeah. there's there's so much media and things to do i totally understand not having the time to watch three hour sports games uh, you know every couple of weeks or whatever um but yeah i just thought uh, that's just the thing i kind of doing and also there's this interesting thing with like a the fake Clay Thompson being uh, he snuck his way into Shea Stadium and like shot on the court and then proceeded to get banned from Shea Stadium for life for, for doing that. <laughs> and so I don't know, it's just just some some silly fun stuff to kind of 
wrap it up with on. Yeah. All right. That might be it for 89. Yeah. Um, sorry, Obi-Wan. Didn't get to chat about you, but we love you. We appreciate you. Yeah, I haven't okay. watched the new one yet. So. Okay. I cool. just finished watching it a little while ago. Okay. Uh, I... Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs side. I mean, I will give any Star Wars ever a thumbs up. Okay. Like, I, Unreliable source, though. I, yeah, on that level, I, you know, I can tell you what what isn't great through here, throughout all of Star Wars, which, especially now that yeah. Star Wars fandom has become so, like, just toxic and, like, yeah, yeah. so you either love it or it's you fucking wild, hate man. it. It's just like, I. I think I'm just, I'm just tired. gonna like tell all of Star Wars, like, yeah, it's Star Wars. I like it. That's all I fucking care about. It's like there were lightsabers, and I was happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I, enjoy I, it. I will say I'm really glad uh, Ice Cube Jr. is on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thumbs up for Ice Cube Jr. Yeah, I want his career to go far. I I think he's. I don't, know. I don't know if he's really a great actor, but I just I like when he shows up in things. You know what? I think if he got cast in a horror movie, he'd do a good job. Did you ever see um, Ingrid Goes West? No, but Daniel has recommended it. Yeah, yeah. I Ingrid Goes watched. West is great. I he's great. I wouldn't quite yeah. call that a horror movie, but it thriller it, kind of. Yeah, it like it a social thriller. Into it. <laughs> it definitely. That's a fun one because uh, like him and fucking. Wyatt, uh, I can't remember his last name. Wyatt Earp. Now, Wyatt, uh, shit. I've got, I'm just getting worse and worse with actors' names. I I, he's somebody else's name. son. The guy from Big Trouble with, in Little China. Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. There we go. Kurt Russell's son. I didn't know there was a Wyatt Russell. Oh. Yeah. oh. He, well, he was also in, um, in, you know what I'm talking about, Tom. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're I, talking about. Again, <laughs> so bad with names. I'm convinced my building is just covered in lead paint and it's wearing off on me. As soon as I saw his face, I was like, oh yeah, I've seen this guy in multiple things. Yeah, he played evil Captain America in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, that's, that's Kurt Russell's son. Wow, that's crazy. All right. And that's they just good. announced they're doing a, or potentially doing like a Thunderbolts movie where it's all the kind of bad versions of avengers that they're making are all oh uh, yeah movie together. That. suicide that's squad fun. yeah pretty much <laughs> i but they've clearly been setting just up have james it. gunn like, do it <laughs> like he's doing he's doing both teams you know oh, God, yeah <clears throat> excuse me did, uh did you guys watch peacekeeper peacemaker whatever it was uh, called? i did not i heard it was pretty good but, i yeah. really enjoyed that that was i actively don't go out of my way to watch much DC stuff just because yeah. it rarely lives up to what I'm hoping it'll be. But that was one where it's like, I went in with pretty low expectations and it was just consecutively blown away with how good it was. Yeah. That was like one of my favorite seasons of superhero TV yeah. stuff. Like the, yeah. from the opening sequence of music always got me pumped to just like, yeah, everything that show does is just yeah, was, fucking awesome. That was a fun time. Yeah. All right, that might be it for 89. Thank you for joining us, Trunks. Always glad to have Thank you, you on. Thank you so much, yeah. Talk about Thanks for having me again. Muppet stuff. Yeah, if you'd like to contact us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. I'll try to check it. I try to. 
Uh, <laughs> you can tweet at us at Zone if you want to let us know what you're watching, what you think about Severance or any other show we have mentioned, the ones that I can't remember. Um, yeah, let us know. Tweet at us at that. This has been episode 89. Thank you for joining us, Trunks. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. We'll see you next time. Real quick. Uh, Trunks, plug your show. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Um, Horror Throwdown Podcast. Uh, we're currently working our way through our Brendan Fraser season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're quickly burning out of energy to do Brendan Fraser movies because we've watched all the good ones. But we watch one Brendan Fraser movie and a horror movie that came out the same year, and we talk about if Brendan Fraser would survive that horror movie. Um, come check it out. Tom's been on an episode. We're going to get Daniel on eventually. Yeah, sure. Once we're, <laughs> Just hit me up, man. Schedule once it. we're in a better section of movies. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right. It's a fun time. Who's uh, who's up after Brendan Fraser? We haven't decided yet, uh, but we have a fun running gag of every week suggesting at least three people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, we have some side things like we've we're doing one where we watch a kids movie i refuse to watch and a zombie movie and talk about if the kids would survive (laughs) (laughs) just survival scenarios i it's really just my co-hosts love movies that i don't want to watch every now and then like they they want to do baby geniuses with uh oh boy exactly like we are the first one we did was a daddy daycare with um return of the living dead it's like i love return of the living dead i'm not gonna watch daddy daycare i've seen it enough i'm sorry it's like it's like daniel with final destination movies he's he's seen enough i've just seen enough never going back i can tell you i know what will happen (laughs) we did final destination for one of ours I we also have, we have a problem though. If we watch one movie in a series, we will eventually watch all of them. It seems so. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is your yeah. whole. That's we, your whole, thing. whole thing. We put, we put caps on it though. We will. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we're not gonna watch. Well, we find ways create to creatively limit uh, our consumption, but and I think the detours help. Like that was like one of the early things. Was like I don't want to get trapped in a shitty series week after week. Like, let's do detours every other episode. So. Yeah. Uh, do I need to pick one before Muppets from Space? Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's on you. Do you have one now, or...? Uh, baby Geniuses, duh. Oh, fuck. Uh, okay. No, no, that's not going to be the choice. Um, it'll probably be... Honestly, I think it might be... Uh, I Pirates or Space? <laughs> um, I might do the Happy Time Murders. Oh, I was okay. just gonna yeah. say that. Oh yeah, my god, let's do it. Yeah, have I might either of you seen Happy Time I have Murders? Not seen no, it. and yeah, it's one I was like, I was kind of tiptoeing, it, like avoiding. So I was like, I don't know if we want to, because I, I know the sense of humor is not the kind of stuff that, at least from knowing Daniel, I know that's not your type of sense of humor. But yeah. I, I saw it in theaters. Oh really? Ryan Henson and, direct. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it might be the last movie he directs. I remember seeing the trailer and just being like, Meet the Feebles, like, already exists. <laughs> like, I, I But Meet the Feebles is fucking hard to find on streaming. So. It's on TV, baby. On is it on TV? <laughs> so now you have no excuse. You must watch yeah. it. It's free. I, no, I, I need to go check it out. I recently watched, um, oh, God, Dead Alive. Yeah. Or Brain Dead. 
they're yeah both the same hey, title that's the, title that's for both the same movie yeah. i so like you know, that was the first time i saw that and just reinvigorated me i'm like i gotta get back on the old the old peter jackson's yeah. everything i've PJ. seen pre lord of the rings has been great yeah yeah. Good shit, man. I mean, Dead Alive is like one of my top five favorite movies. It's so much changed fun. my life. That movie. I know. Oh, I feel like I should see this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of my handshake movies. So. It's a good like. You want to watch like Evil Dead, but you're a little tired of Evil Dead. Like it is the perfect sub in. Yeah. Wait, sorry. What's a handshake movie? Okay, a handshake movie is it's another podcast. I came up with this uh, this podcast, Pure Cinema. Great show. Um, but it's not like, it's not what are the best five movies you've ever seen. It's like, what are the five movies that sort of like define your taste? Oh, okay. Um, so it's like Dead Alive is one of mine. Uh, I think Sleepaway Camp probably. <laughs> um, Possession, the movie I love. Fury Road. And then I don't know yeah. what the last one would be. Gotcha. <laughs> I'd have to think it's like about your it. uh, your letterbox top four. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, mine would be like Friday, Super Bad, uh, Jackie Brown, uh, Battle Royale. Something oh like man, I love Battle Royale. Yeah. Just I like might put movie. Clifford in there <laughs> or <Yeah>. the Jerk. <laughs> just, just like if you were to look at those movies, like oh yeah, he likes yeah, smoking like, weed and air. I know what you're about. <laughs> yeah. like, he's I a, can you. He's a cis male. <laughs> it's like, yeah. See, mine's Man with the Iron Fist, uh, Shape of Water, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and The Lighthouse. I can't believe that's, that. that's like that's what I have listed. I think I actively went you for sound variety deep. on here. <laughs> yeah, here's I like up. to sound deep, but at the same time, be like, yes, those are all just like either over-the-top action movies or stories about someone fucking something that came out of the scene. <laughs> well, I think it's a good place to end it there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Come check out the horror podcast. We talk about fucking things that came out of the sea. Nautical love stories. That's what, that's what, that's what cinema... Is time. That's what cinema is about. Man's obsession with <laughs> the sea. Yeah. What do you think Jaws was really about? Oh, God. All right. Yeah, this has been 89. Thank you once again, Trunks. We'll see you on the next one, everybody.